welcome to Birkbeck Voices, the monthly podcast about the latest news from Birkbeck, University of London. I'm Guy Collander. In this episode, we hear from two prominent politicians just before MPs begin their summer recess. David Willits, Minister for Universities and Science, shares his thoughts about research and links between universities, industry and government. Luciana Berger, Shadow Minister for Energy and Climate Change, then talks about her fascinating and enjoyable experiences studying politics at Birkbeck and her support for part-time education. We'll begin with excerpts from a speech made by David Willits on the 8th of July at the Triple Helix International Conference, an event co-hosted by the Big Innovation Centre, Birkbeck and UCL Advances. We're all delighted that here in the UK we have this Triple Helix Conference, which as I understand it moves around the world like the Olympics or a G8 summit or something like that. And that's where we locate you. So it's great that you have one of, these, uh, one of your prestigious conferences here. And of course, we absolutely love the, the whole proposition of the Triple Helix that universities, business and government need to uh, work together to drive innovation. And within that, there is, uh, has to be a recognition of the role of the university. Uh, and we have no... Uh, quarrel with that central proposition here and indeed although there is more to do and challenges and that's what I'm going to focus on in my talk we here in Britain think that when we look internationally we have a uh, quite a good performance in linking university and business and government in R&D. Indeed in the World Economic Forum competitiveness rankings uh, Britain uh, is when it comes to the ranking for quality of university business interactions in R&D, we are currently ranked second, second to Switzerland. So uh, we are proud of what we already do, but we know there's always more to do. David Willits also referred to the money invested in research and development at the UK's universities. And the Chancellor, who completely gets this agenda, put, in the autumn statement, put the public funding up to £300 million, and uh, that in turn, we now can see, and the, as the figures have come in, as we've been able to uh, support more and more programs, has leveraged uh, a pr- over £800 million of private investment, and we have managed to secure over £1.1 billion in total, therefore, of new R&D investment in our university campuses by getting universities, businesses, and other external players like leading medical charities to come together and fund investment. And again, the good news was that in the public expenditure uh, settlement that was uh, announced only a couple of weeks ago, we have secured the funding that will enable us to turn this from an experiment into an established feature of the university R&D landscape. We will be able to run further calls for funding, and I hope that now that it's a predictable part of the landscape, we'll have a wider range of universities coming forward with that. David Willits finished his address by highlighting the government's support for eight great technologies, which he has listed on previous occasions as big data, space, robotics and autonomous systems, synthetic biology, regenerative medicine, agri-science, advanced materials and energy. This is what he said. And that's why I've identified eight great technologies where we have the... Uh, research capacity, 
the business opportunity, the comparative advantage to help them on their way from the research community to the market. This was not some act of whim. This drew on expert advice from research councils, from the Government Office of the Chief Scientist, from the Technology Strategy Board. And we are absolutely up for recognising that government has a strategic role in backing key general purpose technologies. That's what governments have historically done. It's what they do in the US and what it's, we're proud to be doing in the UK as well. David Willits, speaking at the Triple Helix International Conference. Our next topic is the study of politics at Birkbeck. Luciana Berger, a rising star in the Labour Party and Shadow Minister for Energy and Climate Change, completed her MSc in Government, Policy and Politics at Birkbeck in 2005. She wanted to add a theoretical backbone to her practical experiences of politics, which then included serving as a member of the Executive Council of the National Union of Students and being involved in anti-racism campaigns. This is what Luciana Berger told me when I spoke to her. Of all my academic experiences, uh, Batbeck was by far the best. And the variety of people that make up the classes, I mean, our discussions were so interesting. You know, as an academic experience, you've got people around the table that come with their practical experience with their daytime jobs, again, that want to bolster their prospects by getting a a postgraduate degree but with that you know the, the variety of contributions people were just so so diverse it was mm, mm. really really interesting and I kind of really reflect really fondly on that academic experience and mm. having come through it at the end of it you know I was really wedded to the the at night we learn ethos that I perhaps right. didn't really think about much before I applied it was it was a very very mm. positive experience mm. And how was it combining work and, and studying at the same time? Yeah, it's a challenge. It's not easy. And I know mm. I've got actually a few friends that have gone on to do almost the same course subsequently. And it's, it's not, you know, you've got to be very disciplined. And particularly if you've got a family, it's mm. an additional challenge of which, you know, I've got some friends that have families as well that have managed to do it. So it's not insurmountable, but you have to be very organised and very disciplined. Sure. But it can be done. And were you able to bring the, the theory into your job at the time? How, um, when were, did you sort of see the career benefits of, of your course? There's always that discussion, unless you go into a very vocational uh, career, like you know, a doctor or a lawyer or not. Yeah. You know, it's arguable to what extent you, you know, directly use. But I think indirectly, mm-hmm. it's, it's, again, it's that additional year of experience. It's that, you know, even just developing your listening skills, your intellectual mm. capacity... You know, broadening your horizons, and for me, I know it was it was. I mean, I you know, I, I the, the personal enjoyment I got from it was massive mm, mm. because I was just so I was and continue to be so passionate about it. So, kind of learning in learning theoretically and, and um, academically around everything to do with modern British politics, around uh, public management of management of public services which was actually very relevant when I went to work at Accenture in their government strategy unit right. uh, and was doing stuff um, for doing some work for the treasury um, so actually I was able to directly use some of the um, some of the elements of my course in that job um, and then just kind of the theories of like kind of just the, the very vast conversations um, that we had and I remember Deborah Mabbitt very well uh, in, in my public policy. Oh, good, good. Um, seminars and, and lectures, which, again, are still very relevant to what I'm, what I'm doing today. 
I, I rave about that thing mm. when, when people are considering it because because I, I think it's unparalleled in terms of the diversity. I think lots of universities struggle to get that diversity of student because, but because of the part-time focus sure. you're going to get I think a wider group of people put themselves forward and that in itself you know we should always be having this wider pool of people mm. involved in academic debate and discussion the research they're doing is so sure, relevant sure. but particularly around you know women in politics so having having studied it theoretically about you know, the challenge for female representation in British democracy you know and now doing it in action it's interesting yeah. to do it that way around I think anything we can do to support to support people that want to pursue any sort of further or higher education is important. It's important mm. for our, you know, it's important for individuals just for their own personal enrichment. But it's also important for our economy to uh, ensure that we, you know, we've got a, a skilled workforce. And you know, as we move towards, you know, how, you know, we have such a focus within our economy on the tertiary mm. sector that necessitates. Uh, and you know a well-educated population, mm-hmm. and so you know everything should be done to make it as easy as possible for people that mm-hmm. do want to pursue the opportunity. Not everyone can do it full time, yeah. And particularly financially, increasingly, actually, part time is a really important option for people because mm-hmm. they're not able to take the financial hit for whatever yeah. reason it may be mm-hmm. to do so to to study full time. And increasingly, where people have got caring responsibilities, and be that for children or perhaps an elderly mm. parent as well, shouldn't mean that they should be limited because they can only pursue full time options. Actually, part time is really important for them too. Mm. Definitely. So it's about you know ensuring that as a wide range of people have the opportunity, if that's what they choose that they want to do. And what will you be focusing your energies on next? Do you have any? <laughs> So I just, you know, it's just, just focusing on the things that, that you know, th- there's so many things that you can get involved in as an MP yeah. and it's really difficult to, you, know, you want to do it all and we try really hard to do it all, but you usually have to have some focus on certain issues, otherwise sure. you, you don't make an impact. So, um, there's like, you know, obviously as Shadow Minister for Energy and Climate Change, I'm doing a lot around fuel poverty in the UK and mm. around trying to help as many homes to improve their energy efficiency so that they can see their bills go down we can see you know thousands if not hundreds of thousands of jobs created and mm. ultimately we can also reduce our carbon emissions which you know we have a responsibility yeah. to future generations to do sure and so that's kind of my work as a shadow minister but after a whole series of listening events in my constituency and kind of really from that I've focused on the issues that the most affect my constituents and employment was the issue that came up time and time right. again so I will be continuing to focus my efforts on doing everything I can to support my constituents um, find, alter- uh, find mm. employment I might recently did a, a jobs fair in mm. the constituency which over 2,000 people attended and I'm looking to do another one of those the piece of work that I did on zero hour contracts again looking at the quality of employment and mm. opportunities for people when they do get into work um, challenging the issue around you know, unpaid internships and holding government to account on where those unpaid internships exist and kind of everything around that employment space because you know unless people are in work so many people I, so many people that I meet you know are desperate to be in work mm. and anything that I can do to support them into that I think is important and that brings us to the end of this podcast for more information about Birkbeck's news events and courses 
please visit www.bbk.ac.uk. Thank you.